0: This is Dan Fleisch, and this is the podcast for the first part of Chapter 1 of A Student's Guide to Maxwell's Equations. Specifically, I'll cover the first two pages of Chapter 1 here, which deals with the integral form of Gauss's Law for Electric Fields. As you'll see in the introductory paragraph for this chapter, you're going to run into two kinds of electric fields when you study electromagnetics. One kind is produced by electric charge. If you've taken any E and M at all, you probably remember that the way we tend to represent an electric field is by drawing field lines. And those field lines originate on positive charge and terminate on negative charge. That's the electrostatic field. That is the field produced by electric charge. Later on, we're going to deal with electric fields produced by changing magnetic fields. And those field lines do not begin and end on charge. They loop back on themselves. But for now, we're dealing with electrostatic fields produced by charge. And that's what the integral form of Gauss's Law for Electric Fields deals with. All these chapters run pretty much to the same format. You'll see Section 1.1, where the heading is the integral form of Gauss's Law. Almost immediately, I try to introduce the form of the equation that you're most likely to run into. I looked at a lot of electromagnetics texts, and the notation is not identical, but generally, the form that I write here is the one that has the most commonly used symbols. And as you can see, it's the integral of E dot dA is equal to Q enclosed over epsilon naught. That's Gauss's law for electric fields in its integral form. The left side of this is just a description of electric flux. Flux is a measure of the number of field lines penetrating a surface. If you're a little fuzzy on what are field lines and what is flux, don't worry about that. We're going to get into detailed discussions of those later. But for now, understand the left side of the integral form of Gauss's law for electric fields is just the electric flux through a closed surface S. The right side is just the charge enclosed by that surface divided by a constant called the permittivity of free space written as epsilon-naught. So what Gauss's law tells you is that the electric flux through a closed surface is proportional to the charge enclosed by that surface. I've summarized this explanation in a box at the bottom of page 1. What that means is that if you have a region of space and you imagine a closed surface in that region of space, if there is no charge inside that surface, the net flux penetrating that surface will be zero. If you put some positive charge inside that surface, there will be positive flux. If you take away the positive charge and put in some negative charge instead, there will be negative flux through that surface. And if you put in equal amounts of positive and negative charge, the flux will return to zero. So notice that Gauss's law tells you that the flux depends on the net charge. So if I've got some positive charge and an equal amount of negative charge, the net charge is zero, and the flux through a surface and closing that charge will also be zero. To help you understand how the left side describes flux and exactly what the right side means, I've written an expanded version of each equation. This is the first of those you're going to run into If you look in the middle of page two, there's the expanded version where I wrote it in as big a font as we could fit on the page with floating text boxes around just to remind you what each of those symbols means. For example, it's an integral sign with a circle around it and an S down and to the right. That means that this is a surface integral, and the little circle means it's over a closed surface. E is the electric field. The little arrow above it means it's a vector. The dot in between the E and the n-hat is, in fact, not ordinary multiplication. It is the scalar or dot product between two vectors. The n-hat is called the unit vector normal to the surface S. dA is just the increment of the surface over which the integral is being done. And on the right side... Q means charge, ENC means enclosed, so we're dealing with the enclosed charge, divided by a constant called the electric permittivity of free space. So if some of those symbols are not clear to you or you'd like to read more or hear more about them, that's what the modules later in this chapter deal with. Every symbol on there, and in some cases some groups of symbols, has a module to explain what that means. So if you need help on some of this, turn to those modules. If you don't, if you're okay with what the unit vector normal to the surface is, you can skip that part and go right on to the parts you need help with. So here's a law that tells you that the electric flux through a closed surface depends on the charge enclosed by that surface. What good is that? As you're going to see, there are basically two types of problems you might run into that you can use this law to solve. In one case, you might have some information about the distribution of electric charge and you want to know what's the electric flux through a surface containing that charge. In another case, maybe you have information about the flux and you're interested in what's the charge inside there. So this law can easily be used to work either of those kind of problems. As it says at the bottom of page two, the very best thing about Gauss's law is there are certain highly symmetric situations where that electric field vector can be removed from the dot product and taken out of the integral, and you can actually solve for the electric field using Gauss's law for electric fields. That's extremely powerful, and later on in this chapter you'll find a module that deals with how you can do that and under what circumstances you're allowed to do that. So if you want to learn more about any of the aspects of Gauss's Law, simply turn to that module in the book or go to that podcast.